Hello, everybody, and welcome to No Time to Grind, the podcast for the busy gamer. As always, I am Michael, and I'm joined by Matt. Hello. And Adrian. Hello. And the first thing we are going to do today is jump straight into some news that I actually have no idea about, and that is Death Stranding, all the stuff from the Game Awards. Um, well, I didn't watch much of the Game Awards. I just kind of picked up the important pieces, um, such as that seven-minute-long Death Stranding trailer that gave me nothing. I don't know what it was. I don't know what what is the game. People keep saying it's a Souls-like. Others were like, it's, it's going to be like Dishonored. I have no idea. It just looks crazy. And there's weird pregnant men and Vore, and I don't get it. Yeah, I I don't know either. I um I watched it because I'm intrigued because all the trailers have been just weird as, as hell. And this one kind of caught you off guard because it started relatively normal. You're like, okay, all right, this is some sci-fi stuff. And then it just got like too much. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, Kojima, calm down. Um, yeah, this is a video game. This is a bit. What? What? Yeah. But they haven't shown any gameplay as far as I'm aware, at least not like through trails and stuff. So I don't know how people can be claiming what kind of like game it's going to be because all they've shown are these trailers as far as I'm aware. Is the bad guy from Doctor Strange and then lots of weird interaction between men and babies. See, I always yes. intuitively thought that the most important relationship was a mother and its baby and her baby. But who's to say, I guess, when it's Kojima time. Uh, and I put down here all stuff from Game Awards because there's a bunch of other stuff that uh, was cool, i.e. Legend of Zelda DLC dropped like at that point. They were like, it's out right now. And then they went ahead and won Game of the Year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised that they won Game of the Year. I thought it was either going to be Zelda or Mario. Either way, Nintendo. It's got to be one of them. And I actually thought that Mario was going to steal it away from Link there for a second. But maybe that's just because I 100%ed Super Mario Odyssey and I have not 100%ed Breath of the Wild. Well, you got a lot to do to 100% Breath of the Wild. If you want to get every one of those. I haven't played it in so long. I actually forget what the name is. The Kokiri? Is that who? Kokiri. Kokiri? The oh, all the, yeah, the seeds. Like, the Korok, yeah, six. Oh, Korok, that's the one. Yeah, there's like six hundred of them, or something ridiculous. Six hundred, nine hundred, even maybe. I don't. Um. So that was also out, and something else that caught my eye, and I'm surprised you haven't been on it, Matt. Is from Software showed a new trailer, and everyone went nuts. But all what? it is, I have missed this. But don't be too excited because I was. And all it is is like 30 seconds, the first 15 of which, or maybe 20, is like just this like rope in this pulling apparatus and like it's sitting there and then like strains and there's like blood on it. And so you got this like torch, like you get this like torture vibe. 
and then the last 10 seconds is just the text uh shadows die twice or something and everyone's like it's bloodborne 2 and look i hope as much as i would love and hope it to be that i have a feeling it's not it might be just be something new but look i'm down from forever for whatever from software wants to throw at us what if what if demon souls is back because it's shutting down on PSN. Yeah, I heard about that. I really want to play it before it shuts down. But what, you think that they're like migrating it to PS4 or something? Yeah. What if that's the reason they're like, okay, time to close that down. What if they've repartnered and gone, let's keep it living in a new way? Pop it on the Switch, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think that they'd be moving Demon's Souls over, but like, I feel like they would have announced like they would have just come out and said that or like shown off a demon souls trailer this was a very much a and i'm pretty sure in the video or whatever they like in the youtube video they said it's a new project or something oh so, okay I don't so it wouldn't be like, bloodborne be cool. 2 then either yeah well it's a that's still a new project it's a sequel well so would but, another demon souls oh well you meant a sequel i i thought yeah you meant not a, just a, a remaster. remaster no 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 like a sequel or a spiritual sequel, but oh, more, yeah. more well, Demon's Souls. Dark Souls is. <laughs> yeah, but that was because of rights problems, but having the rights back kind of thing. Same world. I haven't seen this, like, before. Shadows Die Twice, you said, is what it said. It looks something else to me. I, I, have, I have done a quick look, and it looks... Okay. I, I think it's a new IP. That's that's Matt's. I haven't even watched the full thing. It's a new IP. That's my yeah quick yeah. deduction. And I'm pretty sure um I can't remember his name. I think his name is Miyazaki, but I think that might be the Studio Ghibli guy. Anyway, uh, the guy who's met, who you know directed Dark Souls and Demon Souls, etc., said he was working on something like a new IP. But this guy's trolled uh, fans in the past, so I wouldn't be surprised if they are. Doing a, like I'm not holding my breath for a Bloodborne two. That'll be ju- that'll be cool, but it'll be just as cool if it's something new with similar Souls mechanics. Even not, I just want to see what else he can do. I don't know what would what would you do if you like from software announce their new game, they show out a trailer, and it's not a Soulsborne at all. Depends what it is. If it's a if it's a Pokemon game like game, I'd be like, ah, uh, well that's not my jam. But um, I think I'd be heartbroken. I'd be like, no. But I guess they're allowed to do whatever they want. I'd be heartbroken though. I don't think they'll break a good formula, you know. I think it'll be like not maybe not exactly the same, but similar to a Souls, like it'll be a Souls like. Now, because um, we've been talking about Souls spawns a lot lately because of our stream that we've been doing, Grind Time TV. Plug 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 plug. Um and I think I think it isn't tired yet. Like formulas die because they get too like used too much, but I don't think it's been worn out yet. I think it's still got life in it, this genre of games. Well, so I'm happy for it to so, keep going. It's such a vague concept. It's such a vague concept that it can be reused in various ways. Like, okay, there have been similar souls likes like Lords of the Fallen and Neo, which we're playing on stream at the moment. Um, but then there have been ones like Salt and Sanctuary, which is a 2D side-scroller. And there's been ones, I think it's called like, uh, it's got a weird like um, Norse name, like 
Aether or something. And that's like an isometric dungeon crawler that has similar, um, you know, like tough enemies and rolling and dodging tactics. Um, so I think it's like it's vague enough as a mechanic to be refreshed. We you know, whereas like shooters are shooters, you know, like a first person shooter is the same thing, but maybe a different setting, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like it's not necessarily about the gameplay. The, it, the it third person action. Be, yeah, it could be about the, uh, like I don't want to say difficulty straight up because that's like what a lot of people are saying. Like, oh, Cuphead is the Dark Souls of the game. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I, I don't think I've been here in the as prominent in the games industry, <laughs> in a way, whilst a genre is being created and defined? Well, yeah, I guess because we're into it, like versus like MOBAs have been taking over, you know, in our time and and like super realistic shooters, you know? So, but this, this, is, this is the one we're in, you know, we're into Souls-likes. I think we've seen the birth of the dating sim and I'm proud to be a part of that. Oh yeah, Ooh, what? I think I think you know what with that uh, bird dating sim and the dream daddy. I think we are at the the height, the golden age of dating sims, and that's why I think you know it can only go downhill from here. You know, so I, I think with the with the golden age of dating sims, we've just reached the peak of gaming in general. We've reached the golden age of gaming. Nothing will ever be as good as dating sims. Well, that's the thing. Graphically, in general, surely we're, and like technologically, we're in a golden age. But the golden age of gaming is seems to be regarded as the 90s, which is nearly fully 20 years ago at the minimum kind of thing. Yeah. I've always hated people saying like, at least in the time, like, don't say now we're in a golden age because we don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, maybe this time is better and calling, you know, 20 years ago the golden age is like, well, then what does it make us? We're like platinum or diamond. Well, no, because like, you can go that's down like you, after a golden age. You don't have to keep it. Yeah, but it's, surely that's all retrospective though. Like it's not something we can be judging because I've heard people say, you know, we're in a golden age of gaming. We can do so many polygons and, you know, indies are everywhere, but it's like, okay, but surely... Like it could get worse, but it could get better. Um, and if the golden age is the best of it, you know, we can't predict that. So surely gold, saying something is the golden age or something else well, is think, something we do. I think to say we're in a golden age of blah is like when you're playing Civ and it says your civilization is in a golden age. It's just basically whenever you get the right, you know, uh, resources to make people happy. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It's it's a perfect then analogy. In, then in retrospect, we say, okay, which decade was the golden age? So out of all these golden ages, which is the one, and currently people seem to think it's the 90s. Well, now you're just being pedant. Like, that's just confusing. God. No, but you know what I, I mean? I think like, we just like the 90s. Of course, we yeah, 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 to yeah. think that we are being innovative. But we went through all of the 2000s. And there was huge changes and still people still say, ah, the 90s was still better. Because the 90s was the time where 
technology was at its like biggest yet we were still ignorant to the bad things of the world and now technology may be better but because of how strong the internet is now we know all the bad bad just horrible stuff the internet is too strong i can't control it (laughs) (laughs) let me ask you though do you think we're in a golden age of gaming I think we're in a renaissance of Nintendo. I don't know about anything else, but we're in a renaissance of Nintendo. I think all the developers think that they're in a golden age. But I I think that the AAA play space has become kind of stagnant. I I would say we're not because I mean, cuz I definitely at least agree with like uh, the AAA space has stagnated, and if the golden if a golden age is you know people are happy and you know the industry is prosperous, well the industry is pos- prosperous, but the people aren't as happy, especially with things like like loot boxes and microtransactions and some of the shadier practices that publishers are trying to you know tweak and do to try and extract more money from us, and and I would say even indie in the indie space. Like indies are like a a little over saturated now. Like there's 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 a lot, and it's great that you know people can make the games they want. But it's like there's so many now that I don't really pay as much attention. So I think like maybe we came out of one, and now it's like trying to build towards the next one. I stand by my Nintendo Renaissance, but I do agree. Triple E's have like if we look at EA, it's. It's like when you talk about games, it's it's two different like it's bipolar. Like you've got the very good sunny side of Nintendo, and then I look at triple A's, and there's just like EA's this darkness on the land. And because it's one thing having like microtransactions and all that, but it is now getting to the point where it is thoroughly affecting the game to the point where like thousands of people are are very loudly complaining about it yeah and i think that's and but in a way see that makes it good again in a way is that as gamers out the community has kind of a sense of what is good and what is not whereas I would say before now, it would be hard for the community to polarize so decisively about something. Yeah, I agree. The internet's like helped push along this, like, you know, the, the voices of the, of the consumer. Whereas before you just have to accept whatever you've gotten. Yeah. But now people can be like, hey, 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 at person who made game, you suck. <laughs> yeah. But nicer, nicer. Now, I want to end our new segment on a happy note that everyone here is very joyous about. Well, maybe Michael, not so much because he can't really do anything about it. But Monster Hunter Beta, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downloading it now. I am downloading it now, too. Should I? I'm so keen. Don't worry, Michael. I'll message Abby, get her to download it for you. (laughs) That wouldn't help me at all. It, it might help you in spirit, just knowing it's on your console. I also don't have a PlayStation Plus at the moment, so... That's probably a good thing, because <laughs> you wouldn't need it. 
Yep. But I it comes out, what, end of January? So it's not far away. Well, it's in beta testing. So it's like open beta now, full release coming soon. Apparently valued at 110, which I have not seen a, re- a new release game valued at 100 in a while. Australia's been pretty good. Most things coming out around $80. Is that the base game or the deluxe version? EB, you're just the saying straight edition. up 110. Okay. I saw it for sale on the PSN store and there was two different versions. I didn't pay attention to the price, but I have a feeling that, that would be the deluxe, surely. According to my EB games, that's the Steelbook edition. But maybe it's just that Mount Gambier EB not so good. <laughs> I was yeah, on the on, gotta... online store. I, I haven't even gone and looked at the EB here in Mount Gambier. That should have been the first thing you do. Gah. They got to import all the monsters to South Australia. They have them fresh here in Perth, but not, not in South Australia. They don't get monsters there. So I was thinking, Matt, you and me, maybe uh, stream some of this Monster Hunter beta over the weekend. I mean, this podcast will be out. Maybe I think this podcast will be out in the middle of the beta. So does it have? Hey, a... you'll see. Uh, non-disclosure mm, not sure I'll have to look that up but if it if it's all good I'm going to hell do it and uh, uh, man I'm so keen to play it mm. <laughs> but I'm also a little scared because it's going to be different you know because it's going to be different you know it's a different kind of monster until we've never necessarily played before I think it's a step in the right direction in in a lot of ways. And I That's think good. it'll safely be grounded in familiarity. It will just be easier oh, yeah. to pick up for newcomers. But let's move away from something we're going to play and let's move towards something we have played for the last month, question mark. We've been playing <laughs> Lifeline 2 on your devices. Not on your devices, listener, on our devices. It's available on iPhone and Android. I have no idea about anything else, but those are the two biggest ones. So I'm going to assume you know how that works. It's a game. It's a... Would you describe it as a text adventure? Yeah, I would. I'd I'd call it more of like a... It's a soft version of a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's publisher three-minute games which I feel like is a bit ironic because it took a lot longer than three minutes to play. <laughs> but I played it. You go on. I was just going to say, it gets considerably faster if you die for reasons I'll explain in a moment. Oh, I've not encountered death. Yeah, neither have I. Um, what I wanted to say is I played this in the, with a full experience, so I didn't do any of the time skipping. So for those who are unaware, are uninitiated with this game, uh, you're talking to a person through your device, basically, a fictional character called Araka. Because <laughs> that's the thing. There was like a there was a whole like moment about how to pronounce her name and she did like a phonetic for it. And I was like, because Araka? It Araka? Is, <laughs> it is spelled I thought it was I-R-I-K. close to Erica. So it's like yeah, Erica. It's spelled like Erica but with an A at the front. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this this character will go away for lengths of time and she will not respond for those actual lengths. So she might take a break, go to sleep for eight hours 
and you don't hear from her for eight hours. And I think that is an awesome mechanic, and I love it. It's a good mechanic. I'll say that. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It makes it feel real, um, except for then I feel if you take too long to respond, like then the immersion breaks. It's like, what have you been doing? Just waiting here for half an hour? Oh. Yeah, some of those times where it's like, I'm casting a spell. Adrian, help me make a decision. And it's like, sorry, I'm just I'm just uh, doing some work right now. I'll get back to you in three hours. Or I'm just about to head to bed. Can you just wait about uh, what life-changing decision you got to make? And then also she ignored me. Really? Like, yeah, because of a previous decision, she said, it basically said to me, like, I'm not going to let you choose this time because that didn't go well last time. What was that? Oh, snap. What'd you do? So um, the first time she sets off, it's like, how do you want to get there? And I said, I was like, okay, don't use magic. Maybe have a look for a car. And she goes, oh, I found a car, but I'll have to break into the car. And I said, well, don't do that. You better walk. So then the next time we had to travel somewhere, she said, I'm not going to listen to you because you made me walk last time. I'm going to try and steal a car like because I told her off for thinking about stealing it. <laughs> and so she just tried to and set the alarm off and had to walk anyway. Mm. And there was a couple of those. And also, as I because I was like, okay, well, if magic is so bad, I guess we'll walk. But every time I made a walk, she'd bring up like, Man, I wish I could like, just teleport there. Yeah, and it felt like the game was going like, hey, uh, why are you making her walk? And it's like, well, you gave me the option to make her walk and you're telling me that magic is bad, but then it's almost doing this like, I could I could just use magic. It's, and then she's going, well, it's not actually that bad anymore. And, and it's like, well, what is it? What do you want yeah, from me? It was, a, it was a little inconsistent. Yeah, I think the worst thing for me was I told her to hitchhike on one occasion. And she got in the car and then there was about 10 like speech choices, which didn't matter because as soon as she got into the car, it was like she died. Oh. So it's like, why don't, why don't you just skip those 10 things of me clicking the button? How did she die in the reason? car? Because she was uh, abducted by the big bad guy at the end in, in a different form. So I don't From know. From the very beginning of the game, if you hitchhike, it wasn't the very beginning. It was somewhere in the middle. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't know how much spoilers for everyone, but here's your warning: spoilers now for the end of Lifeline Two and kind of the main bad guy. It's called the Greens. Um, I did yep. look up as much lore as I could, which is surprisingly very little on the internet for what is a very highly rated game on both app stores. Um. But the bad guy is some aliens called the Greens, naturally. Um, and then they can possess people kind of like that one Stephanie Meyer book, The Host or whatever it is. I don't know. It was made into a movie. And I felt like... And so you get into the car and it's like, oh, I have green eyes because I'm evil and you're dead now. And then it's like... Arika is like, Matt, what do I do? And I'm like, run. I can't. Okay, I can go back because I've died already. Because when you die, that's when you get the option to time skip and you can actually rewind and go back and do 
like change your mind, which I think is a really good feature. And so I went back, changed my mind, and I'm like, oh, like, talk to her. Oh, I can't. I'm just going to die anyway. So why would you even give me the choice if if it was the exact same? Like, I just... Angers. Yeah. So that makes me think, and then going through a lot of things, it's like there's a lot of lack of choice in a lot of aspects. I don't know if I wrote that or you wrote that. Sometimes it's just like the same choice, but it's about how you answer it. Like, do you do sassy or do you do like a cool option? Like, either way, you're saying the same thing. Yeah, it's like, what's what is this dance that we are doing? I do not understand. What do you want? Take for for example, you arrive at the um, the abbey, and there's a gate. And she's like, I can climb the gate or I can try and open it with magic. I was like, okay, well, try and open it with magic because of this whole thing of I was being pushed to like, hey, we should teleport there. And then she goes, no, I don't need to. It's like, well, then why did you give me the option? Yeah. So at times it was these two things will result in the same outcome and it has to be that way. So it's the illusion of choice. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting you said you died, Matt, because I didn't die at all uh, throughout the whole thing. And I assumed it was the kind of game where you don't die. It's just, or like, yeah, you don't die or, um, like, like your character doesn't die or something like that. Cause yeah, I like, there were points where I'm like, all right, well, I'm dead. Like I'm stuck in a room with a hand that's like chasing me or choking me or something. Yeah, like there was a point where she was actually like choking out and then something, I think I clicked an option and I was like, oh, I didn't die. All right, well, probably not meant to die. Can't, it was honestly so long ago that I can't recall, but there were like three ways that I died. One at the very end, which I was like, that's the stupidest thing ever because it was, um, yeah, it was about focusing on your magic or checking if something's happening. Um, and I didn't check and she died. I'm like, oh, look out, you know. Uh." Um, and then there was the hitchhiker and then there was something else pretty early on. I think it was either with the monks or with the haunted house. Yes, that's right. That's what it was. So you, you know how there was the hand bracelet thing that was evil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> the audience member who hasn't played this is like what the hell um yeah it's like oh you know we can join together and we'll be so powerful and i'm like don't do it and she's like but i should i'm like no you shouldn't she's like but i should no i shouldn't and she was like matt i should do it and i was like fine fine and then she did and she died and i'm like get <laughs> right <sighs> I knew not to do it but she like she didn't just say no she like she guilt tripped me and she's like basically was saying you know I'm a bad person because I'm not letting her beat the bad guys and it's like oh look you died look at that <laughs> anyway that's my rant thank, <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> 
Uh, actually, I want to talk about this because me and Matt talked about it and brought it up. And I was, again, I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm. What order? So there's three items you get, yes? Correct. Before you go to the final area. So I want to ask Michael this. You get the li- I have right. I have one item. Okay. I think. Oh, you have you're still playing? Yeah. I haven't finished. Okay. What item is that that you have gotten? The first one you've gotten? I have the lantern. Interesting. Ooh. Interesting. Michael, uh sorry, Matthew, tell me what ones you got in what order. So I got the lantern first and foremost. Um, hang on, let me actually, because it does at the very end, it tells you the order. I got the lantern from the curiosity shop. Mm-hmm. I got the key held by the timeless monks. That's where I, I am got at the, the ribbon from the orphan girl. And Interesting. that's all three. Hmm, okay. I didn't realize you two were similar. I had first one for me was the key from the monks, second was the hand from the orphan. And the third was the last one was the lantern. Okay. So I'm wondering, like, are choices you make changing this or are they just randomizing it? Because uh, once again, I was like, oh, that's cool that they're like, it's not just the same story for everybody. It's a little different, even if it is just the order you pick items up in. I thought that it, it doesn't make sense to me because she says it's about distance. So it's like, why would you go to point c before you go to point a um but besides that i guess it's all made up locations so it doesn't really matter yeah well from what she said like what is the point of her getting the lantern last for you adrian because the way she sells it as it will be helpful for the rest of the journey uh she didn't i'm pretty sure i'll pull out the phone and have a look but i'm I don't think she, she she told me the first one I want to get because it's close, I think, is the monks, is the key from the monks. Let me see if I can find this one. Because, yeah, that would be weird because she talks about like, oh, we'll need the lantern because there's a light that can't go out. We might be having to burn things. It will be handy. So it would be weird if it, she decided to do it as the last thing. Yeah, well, I, look, I'm just saying that's the way the game played out. I didn't get to oh, yeah. choose what she went to. Well, like, is it? I don't know about you, but how does how does Erica strike you as a person? Is her does her personality change based on early interaction? Uh, possibly, she's like a I don't know, like a teen, like a late teen. That's she is um, a person growing up on a bit of sarcasm. Ages of ten and twenty. Uh, yeah, pretty much. What I didn't get. Is she's a like a witch? She's a mage, yeah. And she does all this super serious stuff. And she's like, my life actually sucks. Like, I'm an orphan. My brother is trapped by these weird alien demon things. Um, and but then she just throws references like she's a comic book writer. Yeah, whoever and wrote like, this. God damn it! <laughs> we get, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> you like referencing things. You like Family Guy. How Family Guy references things as well. You can't make her say references in every sentence that she possibly says. She annoys the she shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like, in regards to, I mean, she's making modern references. I like 
some of them I didn't get because I was like, okay, obviously that's gone over my head. But in general, the world that this is cast, right, is kind of like a, it's 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 the modern day, it's as it is, except there's this whole magical world you don't know about. And um, I like the way the magic is cast in this, it is used. Like she's a blood mage, so she has to carve uh symbols into her arms and whatnot and i'm like that's cool but i also like that it's like a modern setting integrated into the real world rather than like something like harry potter where they separate it by going like i have muggles and shit then why doesn't she just have a phone (laughs) yes right yeah yeah well there's a there's a whole (laughs) question for you maybe she can't afford one she's an orphan and how does magic Connect to my phone. Is my phone magic? Am I? Yeah, magic? that's that's one of the things I was. There's a few things like that are just like a little bit unbelievable, like like that. And the one I think just how quickly she like accepts you making decisions for her. I'm just right. like, mm, no. Like okay, so I'm the only one that has played the other lifeline. Well, one of the other lifeline games. There's a lot of them. I played the first lifeline, and the way that it was set out, it made a lot of sense for, because it was an astronaut stuck on a planet, and it made sense for him to be like, I'm trying to contact just Earth, and then you're the one who picks up the signal for yeah. whatever reason. But it's like, it's technology to technology, like emergency broadcast, whatever. I can role play that I'm in the future or something. That's cool. But then she's like, ah, oh, I need help to make decisions. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm talking to you through magic. Because they have to start, it's spoken word, and they have to start like translating actions and like other people's words through it, which is a little disconnecting. It's like, I have magic and you don't understand this mysterious world, but hey, do you want to collect a set of Happy Days glasses? Yeah, right? Why? It doesn't make sense. But why are we making her decisions? She seems like she's kind of got it, you know? Yeah, she she knows what she's doing. You don't need our help. So, Adrian, at the end of this storyline, what did what did you think? What I think of the storyline? Um, yeah. It's pretty... There's not much to it. Um, like... Like... <sighs> Okay, in terms of the actual gameplay storyline, there's nothing to it. You go to one place, get an item. You get another, you get an item. You go to another, you get an item. You go to the final boss with all your items. Um, and even like she's an orphan. Her parents were killed by the big bad boss. Spoiler alert. Um, and her brother was cast away and she feels bad because she's the one who did it. It's kind of basic. And the whole, I don't know how the, boss, like the last boss fight changes. But for me, it was like she walks into the forest surrounding her home or whatever, threw the lantern down, and I was like expecting a tough, like a series of tough decisions. But it was like, oh, watch out a branch. Okay, look for the branch. Dodge branch. Okay. Oh, it burnt down. I'm going to watch it now while it burns. I'm like, really? Was that it? Did I just defeat the greens? Because that seems way too easy for how insane like your story was about how they took over the family. So... I was a little disappointed with the story, with how cool the mechanics were. Yeah, I agree. I I rate this 
as play lifeline one is what I rate <laughs> this game. I am more I'm interested in lifeline one. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, an astronaut. Science is cooler than magic. There, I said it. I said it. Everyone was <laughs> thinking it. Just science is cooler than magic. Yeah, I'm glad I played it, but yeah, I'd rather play something a little more believable. But this was I don't trying know to it, do like, two things. It was like trying to draw me in. It would try and draw me in and then spit me out and then try and draw me somewhere else. So it's like it was trying to create this idea of like this could be a real teenager now talking to you and using these references and that kind of at times I was drawn in and I joined that banter but then other times her throwing in the references was pushing me back out of being drawn in it was it was the suspension of disbelief like disappeared yeah yeah and then you had interesting sort of magic world that if it wasn't set as modern if she was talking from like the past or from another realm i was getting drawn into that like okay it's like oh what's happening in this spooky shop and like tell me about the lantern and tell me about the the time bending monks and then i get drawn in but then you get pushed back out because it's trying to do it's trying to run two worlds at once mm. that's a good point I think it spreads itself too thin and like I think it's clear it's trying to get an or like a larger audience, but then I think it sacrifices something. It sacrifices, you know, that moxie. You know, story game's gotta have moxie. Not enough moxie for you. Yeah, <laughs> not enough moxie for me. Not enough moxie too much potsy. But so this is as we've discussed, a lot of false decisions. Now, I want to talk about a game that you get a lot of real decisions that you choose how the game ends. And it's none of this, none of this Lifeline 2, none of this uh, infamous Mass Effect 3 endings. I'm talking about Fallout New Vegas. Let's take a moment and just explain why we're doing this. We kind of skipped uh, an episode due to some behind the scenes changes let's say uh and me and Matt have been playing Fallout New Vegas on stream so this is, I think this is a good moment to kind of I mean we talked about it some on the stream but let's like summarize it here for the next uh, little bit and Michael hasn't played it but I asked him if he's okay to talk about it and he was like I'm always good to play <laughs> I'm always good to talk about Fallout I've New Vegas I've played it very much so I think this has been discussed on the podcast, but Michael and I love Fallout New Vegas. What's uh what's your opinion, Adrian? Uh I think it's a it's a good game. Uh, and it's just not for me. So my personal uh kind of rating on it would be uh it's all right. It's 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 it's, all right. it's, it's look, I'm glad I played it. I'm not gonna pick it up ever again. <laughs> <laughs> ever again. Like, yeah, that's like, I would be happy to, like, I I played it once. I did my replaying to kind of make sure that, you know, I wasn't in the wrong headspace or I was too young or whatever. I still don't like it that much. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay to not, I'm okay to be done with that game. 
and I've decided I will allow this as we played it. And boy, has it aged. Like, especially because we were playing it vanilla. It's so aged. Mm. It's old, boy. But can you really judge a game for being aged? That's kind of a separate thing. I Uh, can, and that's why Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is bad. Yeah, we (laughs) talked about this, saying that, like, you know, uh, I was saying some of these things feel really clunky and old. And he's like, yeah, but it's cool. It's what makes it part of the game. And I was like, okay, but the same thing applies to, you know, Ocarina of Time. And I know you don't like that as much because it has like an older lock-on system and some of the mechanics are a little out of date. It's like um, GoldenEye where it's like it was a revolutionary shooter, but now it's a little outdated because people have worked on the formula more. Um, So I think it does apply to some degree. Like it's like... you. Playing it with rose-tinted glasses is uh, maybe you, you overcome the agedness of it. But me playing it, I was like, wow, there's just some really oldness about this. I think it's a lot clunkier than it, like, than it actually is kind of thing. It's rather, it seems like it's so old, but it's not even that old. And that's just because of how they made the game, like with a older engine, and so it's it's like a smoker. Looks older than than it is. It's. I think. It <laughs> I would mean, be, a chain smoker. I think it would be using an engine that, as of this year, is ten years old. Hmm. And it kind of shows because I think Fallout Three was two thousand and seven. I think it came out. In either 2009 or 2010, but based on the same engine with ma- with some changes. But we're still playing Skyrim, which came out six years ago. I think technically the first game to use this engine was 2008. Which game was that? No, yeah. Uh, it was... No, I've got this wrong. 2001, apparently? Oh, different iter- iterations of the same engine, though. Yes. Yeah. Similar to the Source engine over time. But I think it might be easier for me. Like, let's talk about what I like. Because you guys like to focus on what I don't like. And I suppose I do as well. Because what that's do you like? how I differentiate. What I do like is I like the RPG system. Like the special system. And the the skill set, etc. Um, and with that comes, I love that you can speech everything. Um. My only gripe with the speech speech system is, I'm pre- tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like previous Fallout games, i.e. Fallout 3, were percentage-based rather than you just have to meet a hard requirement. Correct. Yeah. So that kind of, and I think that's still like to try speech options. Um, I think the reason like they changed hard cap. it, I think they changed it to stop people from brute forcing conversations because you could just reload. Until your percentage Uh, works. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. It's just a little like, it's very cool to just talk someone out of, you know, a world war, basically. Yeah, at the very end. Which is how I approach the game. Yeah, we approached the game with the mindset of young Michael. So in a way, we all played the game. And that is the way that Fallout should be played. I, What you've identified here, Adrian, is probably the best thing about Fallout New Vegas. 
It's about the story. It's about talking. Because even from the very beginning, the gunplay was clunky. A lot of the fighting and the movement was clunky. It, and it's all about it's all about how it's written. And you see the best of how it's written by rolling a speech character. Yeah, I can see that. The stories were good. Like the overarching story, it's pretty good. Like I don't mind it. The like the whole Mr. House thing and then like Benny and the, the and even the side quests we did. Um we did the cannibal one. We did Rex's one. They're all like intriguing stories. But I'd I'd prefer to have consumed it in a different manner <laughs> than fair. through this gameplay. I think that this game, like playing this again, has proven to me that if you are a busy gamer considering playing Fallout New Vegas, stop. Do not. It'll be no. bad. Because it yeah. is a game to just fart around in. It is a game to dawdle in the same 100 meter square place for half an hour. And and you do pick up a lot of things. And a lot of people, you know, one of the best things about Fallout New Vegas is you can like just pick up tiny little snippets of stories. Like, um, this is not a real example, but for example, you know, you go into a home, you find a Securitron robot, and you find in its logs that it's corrupted, and you go into the bedroom, and in the bed there's two skeletons. And it's like, okay, the robot malfunctioned, and instead of fighting burglars, it killed its masters. And it's, I think it's that that makes the world feel very lived in, Mm. But then you play it, and it glitches out, and then <laughs> the facade of the world falls away. Yeah. So maybe Mike. I'm not sure if you're aware, Michael, but uh, the platinum chip just disappeared from our inventory. We're not <laughs> yes. supposed to have gotten it back, and uh, we couldn't progress down to the underground to max out the securitrons because there was no platinum chip. Why didn't you spawn yourself one? We did. We did and in then the end. It turns out there were two. So we spawned ourselves the wrong one, tried it, didn't work. Some guy came into chat, I forget his name, but oh, he was the savior of the people and he was like, try this one. Yeah, he was just like, oh, you used the wrong like code. You need to go 17, not 16. Oh, I remember I had to and do we that like, in Fallout 3. A whole quest um, bugged out because you're supposed to be able to like fix a robot or something and the robot just didn't exist. It was not where walkthrough <laughs> said it would be. It just was not in the game world. But you still get I do that. feel I'm, like I'm playing Skyrim right now and I'm getting that. I felt like the game is a little but maybe not even little. It's buggy, man. Oh, it's it, very buggy. There was a few few times where we were like, what? What happened there? And like I expect better from a AAA title. Even though it's ten years old, surely like bug squashing is irrelevant of the Bethes- day, surely. Bethesda have a horrible track record with bugs. So bad. I like, and again, touching on Skyrim, I found a Facebook on this day of when I first got Skyrim, you know, six years ago. And I said, like, wow, in comparison to all the other Bethesda games, this is like bug free, but it's still buggy. But in oh, comparison, yeah. It's like nothing. Um, let's go on 
who has written in here in this stage notes limitations and what does this mean? All right, that must have been me then. Um, I can't remember why. I think just the general limitations of of like, well, probably in regards to the speech thing, but I don't know. It wasn't like I don't know. I, when you hear like open world game, you expect some degree of freedom. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to verbalize it. I do you know how to put the brain into the word. I feel that yeah. Vegas, I'm not sure. I guess I've noticed it in other ones as well. But in Skyrim, probably not as much. So maybe it's a Fallout thing. In Fallout, you can be very... You can be, you can be led because some areas you can't possibly go to. And then that doesn't feel particularly open when you can be killed by a fly in one area, but not the same fly in another area. Yeah, it kind of draws you out. I think the things maybe I was referring to is the, the two things that happened to me that annoyed me, and I'm like, this, this is bad game design to me, is so there's two things. One is, this one's like so obvious, and anyone who disagrees, uh, Matt, you're full. I accidentally shot... Um, <laughs> which one was it, Matt? You have to give me his name again. Um, it was Victor. I accidentally shot Victor. I was turning around and I bumped my mouse into my keyboard <laughs> and I turned around and shot Victor once. That's all I did. And he just let loose on me. He was like, he was like that's it, you're dead. Did you put your gun away? No, he doesn't put his gun away. Is that meant to stop it? Yes. I thought that was a way to yeah, back down, you holster your weapon. Matt never told me that I at all. So. Continuously reach over to you to holster. <laughs> while I was while I was running, when I accidentally shot someone, when I got into combat, I wasn't meant to. That's the thing. I got into combat when I didn't mean to, twice, <laughs> and they really annoyed me. One was that with Victor, so I think I just reloaded the last save, which wasn't that far, which is okay. But it's sure like at least give him a threshold on shooting because sometimes you do accidentally shoot. But that you, know, you can't maybe have make it, that in the real world, Adrian. You can't accidentally shoot someone. This is not the real world. This is the nuclear winter world. It's all fine. No, actually, to be fair, that. if I was standing, if I was standing right in front of you, and we were just, you know, you'd come over and I was standing there, and I accidentally turned around and shot you, right? You'd be mad, but you'd like wouldn't try and kill me. I might. <laughs> I probably would. Yes. If the con- if if you knew I had a gun, if we went like hunting and I accidentally turned around and shot you, like in the leg, you didn't die. You. But were like, you out hunting with Victor? No, no you were in his house. So that's- if you were in my house, house, I had a gun. You had a gun. So, so are you had- telling me the game is so well coded that if we were out in the open and I shot him, nothing, it would be different? No. The point is the game doesn't give leeway oh, on it would be. that. If you were in combat That's, together, you know what? it would not. We'll come back to this. Next next podcast, we'll come back to this. I will go. I will download Fallout New Vegas and <laughs> go out in the wilderness, be fighting with Victor, alongside Victor, no, no, no. and then purposely shoot him and see if he shoots me back. And if he doesn't... You, you can shoot Boone and Edie and they don't care. But my point is, like, this was this wasn't even me testing, like, Vic, if he triggered. Like, I accidentally shot him, and he started to murder me. He is also basically evil. 
Um, the other time it happened though was this one's more flexible in my opinion on it, but we were in the what's it called the silver, silver something. Oh, the silver rush. Yes. Oh, silver rush. So, <laughs> so let's talk oh, about okay, all so, the things Adrian did wrong. <laughs> well, wrong is questionable. Um, see, you know how you go in. There's those four guards standing in the way, and. Whoever and they say the words, don't walk past us or we'll shoot you. Because they're dealing with someone else at the time. Maybe they said that. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I missed it because Matt was talking to me and, you know, we're, we're done a stream. But I I waited and I'm like, this is taking too long. I'm just going to walk and see what happens, right? And they, okay, they start, they turn to me and start shooting. Yep. I would argue maybe at least give me like a, a turnaround and be like, hey, stop there. And then if I keep going, then shoot me. But like, let's say... That's okay. I walk past them and they automatically trigger. Again, no way to be like, oh, sorry, don't kill me. Again, that, like that's way, way too harsh a penalty on a player. That is, that's story driven as well, though. Like they have well, story. It's a story I didn't get to enjoy because I had to go and murder them all. No, but like that, are they the Vandergraphs or something yes, like that? Yes, that's them. That's yeah. like their thing. When you're there and you don't walk past, they kill someone else. The whole thing is that they're evil boys. Yeah. And I get and that from a story you, perspective. Like, straight up. And that's cool. But this is a game and I'm someone who doesn't know the story. Maybe if I knew that beforehand, but like, you know, but that's okay. I was like, playing Dark Souls and then there's this kind of dead, undead guy and he just aggros at me for no reason. I didn't do anything. I just don't get no, it. No, but there's law. There's law, you know? That's what I'm saying. That's what they're saying. I know. No, I'm, I'm mimicking you because that's a stupid statement. Like, I get, I get that there's a story, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that walking past them. But that's fine. You like, do now. From a, ge- from a story. Yeah, but I'm not going to play the game again. My first impressions. My no, point is, like, from a story plays, perspective, it's good. Nobody plays a Fallout game without ever accidentally dying to something. It is a bit, I know, and that's... It is like Dark Souls in that you quite often rinse and repeat. I know, but I felt cheated out of like a good, out of a good, you know, a good shop and a possibly good story because the game was committed too hard to its story. Like... But why? If you, you, why? Did you run away? Did you survive the encounter? Yes. But then you. So the problem was you had. I didn't have a save. I latest save. Because he ran out the room, which then overwrote the auto save. Right. I don't mind if that happened. Right. There should be at least a way to pay them off, like in Skyrim, or like. There sh- I don't know. Ghost. There should. There be should be a way thing. to deescalate. Because because there is like um, reputation. You hold reputation with people. And there's usually a way to change it without directly getting into like conflicts and things like that. But yes, okay, from that point of view, it does it did it does have that problem where you go, okay, how do I fix this? And there's nothing clear as to how. I thought you had died in that situation, and I was going, well, now you know. Yeah, well, if I'd known, well, if like whether I save or not is like. I don't know. I feel like it's just it's just a slight oversight, like or a slight overcommitment to the story versus how players are actually going to play and feel feel it out. At least, at least, and this is what it comes down to for me. Let's go into like the final steps. Like that's how I play it, and that's why I feel like this game isn't for me in much capacity. 
Um, so, and I'm, you know, that I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> so if, if you ever hold a gun to Adrian's head and say, don't do that or I'll shoot you. But that's the thing. He'll do it. He'll do it. Hold, you will not, shoot it. <laughs> they're not standing there holding a gun. <laughs> they're standing there saying, like, don't walk past you or, or like there'll be consequences. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what they are. I, I, do, I do concede that you have some points, which is why I do say to, like, to anyone who's listening to this, yeah, New Vegas looks pretty damn good. I should give that another yeah. crack. Get mods. Get mods. Do the mods. Yeah, I wouldn't say I love it. Like, do to not play this game. I'm glad I played it. I'm just not in, as invested in it as you are to the point where I would pick it up ever again. <laughs> I, think, I think in, and I'll set a reminder on my calendar, that I think in five years' time, you should play it again as an evil character with mods, and you'll love it. Especially if the game needs mod. mods to be good, is it a good game? Yes. I would like... I would like the sequel to New Vegas. So I would like uh, Fallout Between 4 and 5, potentially made by Obsidian. Um, definitely with writing from like Chris Avalone, who helped with New Vegas, and he also wrote on Fallout 2, I think it was. And so writing like at its best, but definitely bring it up into the new engine, get it out of that buggy... Uh, whatever that was, that that was definitely not on. <laughs> not doesn't doesn't hold up anymore. That engine. It was the Gamebryo engine. Gamebryo. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of good game. There's a lot of good game design, but then there's faults on execution. There's a lot of there's a lot of fantastic ideas in there, and there was a lot of fantastic ideas oh, yeah. in Lifeline too. I just think for both. The execution is, but like by today's standards, is poor. Yeah. And luckily, you can modify Fallout New Vegas. You cannot, however, modify Lifeline Two. Um, I think if if you are into topical references, go ahead and give Lifeline Two a crack. Um, I don't think it's is a it bad the question experience. Is- is Lifeline Two the game for, a game for a busy gamer? I think so. I think it is. Yeah, it is. Yes, I reckon it's really good for a busy gamer because you can, because as we said before, it takes the time. So it's like ah, I'm gonna be away for four hours. You're like cool. I don't have to worry about this for four hours. Or if you do want to slam it out, in the case of Lifeline Two, you can just die <laughs> and then slam it out. <laughs> I would. I would maybe take Matt's recommendation on Lifeline 1. It's more a choice of what story do you want to enjoy because the the mechanic is sound. What kind of story do you want? That's the Lifeline that you pick. Mm. I say if you want a game that has a bit more game to it, pick up the sorcery games, which are choose your own adventures, but they have combat, you have magic that you can actually choose what spells to do when. Uh, to so there are more options during a situation. Yeah. So you more could, variety. Yeah, more variety. If you've ever have you ever played the sorcery games? Guys? No, no, I've never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, never heard of them. They're actually based on choose your own adventure books from back in the day. And so, like, so you're in encounter. Um, there's like a goblin up ahead, so you can either 
go straight in and then you do this um, sort of stamina game where if they go high, you want to go low and then you'll block and then they've used too much stamina. So you go high um, and they can't block because they've used too much stamina and that's how you could fight. Or you could you make spells by combining three letters and you could like cast him into darkness so he can't see you or you could make a sound over to the side or zap him with electricity. Interesting. Or you could just choose to walk a different way down the path. And you've got a rewind mechanic as well. So if you've done something, you can always go back and try it. Is this sorcery stylized with an exclamation mark at the end? Okay. Yes. Sorcery! Sorcery! But yeah, it's pretty good. Alrighty. Do you have another game recommendation for us at all? (laughs) What, for the next game that we play? Yeah, let's, uh, why don't you recommend us a game to play for the next Fortnite? How about Sorcery? No, hey. <laughs> play maybe play that in your own time if you can. Um, if people are willing, because it is now part of the Nintendo Select title. So brand new, it's thirty bucks. You might f- maybe you'll find it cheaper pre-owned. It's a game I have with me here while I'm I'm out at work. It's Luigi's Mansion <laughs> Two. How do we feel about um, that? Two sequels in a row? Yeah. Two sequels. We haven't played the first. Let's do it. We're busy gamers. We don't have time to play the first. We've got to go straight into the next one. Yeah, the first game. But this one is actually done. designed to be... Luigi's Mansion 2 is designed um, so that every mansion that you go to, there are five mansions, are uh, broken up into chapters so that people were... That the idea on the 3DS... To play in shorter bursts. Just like a busy gamer would. Excellent. So it could be good. Could be good. Let me just have a quick check in case there's something better. You could also choose from Monster Hunter 4, um, Super Smash Bros. 3DS, A Link Between Worlds. Ooh, that's a good contender. Or what's over here? The Pokemon Sun and Moon. <laughs> Let's go Luigi's Mansion. I feel yeah. like I'm. I'm feeling <laughs> Mario. <Mansion>. Yes, <laughs> we've given because... Mario a lot of love. Let's give Luigi some love. My reasoning is well, this is one of my favorite games. The other contender was Monster Hunter, but we're going to be playing a lot of that in the coming weeks, and then months, and then years, probably. It well, if it's good, it's probably going to be good. But let's not let's not count the Rathalos before they hatch. You know. and with that we say uh goodbye we say check us out on facebook check us out on itunes give us a subscribe give us a review come along to our twitch streams on uh tuesdays and wednesdays from 7 p.m australian western standard time you'll find it at twitch.tv slash grind time underscore tv and uh we all say goodbye i've been adrian i've been matt and I've been Michael. We'll see you on the dark side of the moon. That's uh because look- Damn it, I was gonna say that. How <laughs> <dare>? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's because Luigi's Mansion 2 is called Luigi's Mansion 2 Dark Side Dark Moon on um, America. Bye. <laughs>